Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Community, I know you love beer and I know specifically you love free beer because that's what we do in the community. There's no better time to get free beer and enjoy community than at Mobile Tech Expo Community Pub Night. Sheldon, tell us about the community night. Yep, this will be Friday after the show closes. So immediately when you leave the show floor, be on the lookout for our staff. We'll have drink tickets. We'll have bars set up and we'll be all uh, raising a glass together and just toasting community. Hope you can find someone in maybe a different industry to meet and, uh, you know, make that networking connection. You never know how it could take your business to the next level. And then uh, when you're at the show that day, make sure you swing by the uh, Pints and Polishing podcast booth because I hear Marshall might be giving out those drink tickets as well. Oh, yeah. So, well, we'll have quite a few to give out, man. We're super excited about that. Uh, what do the drink tickets do? They just allow you to go get a nice cold beer um, in a pints and polishing cool uh, cup, the rubbery ones that we actually had in 2020. So we'll have those available. You just got to get that drink ticket so that uh, you can come uh, raise a glass with us. No doubt. Silicone pint glasses Silicone. Is, uh, is what we do. Excited about uh, more community. I know everybody's looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time, Sheldon. Thanks so much, man. Yep. Talk to you soon. Welcome to the Pints of Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill. I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me and Nick on most platforms at HyperClean Store. Best way to get in touch there, go to HyperClean Specialist Group on Facebook, interact there, or shoot us a text, 918-800-1188. And this is the Community Pub. But we are live in Orlando at an Airbnb, and we've got a crew here with us, excited about everybody that's hopping on. I'm in the middle of cooking some wonderful asparagus with a little cauliflower rice and we picked up some salmon made some blackened salmon cooking with nick comes on tomorrow and he's listen everybody here is excited as they can be ready to enjoy some cooking with nick so hey nick what do you got on the schedule for tomorrow night are we doing it looks like we got some waffles over here you doing some chicken and waffles tomorrow night of course i am hmm now we went to Publix. Oh, we're gonna go uh, explore the Publix or the Walmart for uh, a waffle maker and uh, buy some chicken fresh. We'll saute the bacon in a pot that we have next to the stove, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Got some syrup already. We got some bacon already. We got some eggs already. You know, we're we're set up, man. All right, so Nick, talk to me. What are you expecting out of Mobile Tech Expo? I'm expecting a lot of education. I'm expecting a lot of camaraderie and I'm expecting a, a really, really good, fine set of memories for everyone involved. No doubt. I likewise. What beer are you drinking tonight, man? Uh, right now I'm drinking straight tequila, um, but I will be drinking Bearded Iris IPA and or Nashville Brewing Company Lager later yeah, tonight. Yeah, you brought over some beers, didn't you? What'd you bring? Of course I did. The local craft brews, the best of best from my local area in Tennessee, brought some Bearded Iris Home Style IPA, brought some National Brewing Company Lager, and brought some High Wire Brewing Apple Wow. That is free for the homies at the 
That, is that similar to the ShamWow? Is that like is that like the beer of the ShamWow? Sure. <laughs> is that sure? That sounds about right. I know Nick and I got a couple cigars. We're going to after some dinner. We're going to go out on the porch, drink a few more beers, and enjoy some nice fine cigars. All right, so what we've done is we've basically got people scattered around the room. It looks like Dustin's feeding his face. Dustin, what are you eating over there? Man, I got some uh, soft dried cantaloupes. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be my snack for tomorrow, but uh, I'm digging soft, into those now. Soft dried cantaloupe? Is that different? Yes, yeah, but it's basically like dried fruit. And, uh, oh, yeah, okay, that's it. Yep. Pretty basic. Gotcha. Still good, though. All right, man. What are you looking forward to with uh, Mobile Tech? Uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to uh, just, just gaining a lot of knowledge, um, soaking up as much as I can. But, uh, you know, mainly the experience, uh, getting together, doing some networking and uh, just building relationships. And that's what it's all about. It's nice to get out of uh, get out of town for a couple of days and just uh, build those relationships and and uh, just have a good time. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Are you uh, you drinking a cold beer tonight? Yes, sir. Got the Corona Extra. No lime, but uh, it's going down pretty smooth. No lime? No lime. Hmm. That's going <laughs> down smooth, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Looks like there's a crew over in one room. We've got Derek. We got Brandon. I think that's a trouble room right there. What are you guys sipping on tonight? No, we're good, Marty. We're good. We're not. We're not bad. We're drinking highballs, Guinness. What and, you got there? And Tangerine Express Hazy IPA. You got some Corona going. All right, that Tangerine Express, man. That's that's a good beer. I, I might have to hop into one of those here in a second. Got that sweetness, Derek. Derek, you brought me a Jersey Cyclone Brewing Company Double Dry Hopped. Eye of the Storm, and uh, you can definitely taste the. Uh, there's some alcohol in there. You can taste it with that, <laughs> that, that double dry. But man, it's got a nice, clean citra taste to it. Man, that's a good choice. I was gonna say the other one is uh, they have like a double citra hop, but it's uh, it's ten percent. So I'd be careful. Yeah, that one can bite you. What is this one? Six point five. Six point five. That one's not too bad. Perfect drinks for the community. Hey, community. Hey. 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 All right, so Nelson Salvin is the, uh, looks like it's the hop that they use. That's a new one that I haven't seen, so excited to, to see that. Then they use their own house yeast, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. The other one's actually got like, uh, the 10% one's got oatmeal in it, actually. Oh. How you got the true oats. Definitely. I thought, I thought All right, so Derek, you've been to Mobile Tech a couple times, but uh, when, why did you come back, man? What is it about Mobile Tech that makes you keep coming back? I mean, not to use the word, but I was going to say the community. Hey. Hey. <laughs> honestly, honestly, it's, it's getting to be around other detailers. I mean, like uh, 
we all like just, you know, I, I've met all these guys online and then uh, getting to speak to them like in person. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Definitely. All right. Come up closer a little bit guys. Oh. So we can hear you. Brandon, what about you, man? Uh, this is your first time at mobile tech. Thanks for making the journey. You and John both made some long journeys over here. Brandon, what are you drinking tonight and what are you looking forward to? I just finished uh, my highball whiskey and ginger and I'm dr drinking some Guinness now. Same thing as Derek said, I'm pretty excited on, um, you know, being with the community. I have to say. <laughs> and if people are just now tuning in, they're not used to the, the podcast. Uh, a lot of people have started coming in as we've gotten more exposure through, you know, uh, people that are going to be on stage and they're putting out, you know, that they'll be there. What we do here inside of community is community is our drinking word. So uh, we love being a part of community. Hey, oh God! Oh, because it. every time we say the word community, hey, oh. Oh, God. you take a drink. And what's fun about being at mobile tech for me is being up there on stage. And as we start talking through the episodes, listen, it started at uh, Mobile Tech Vegas 2019. And we put on such a show and it was so much fun because every time we'd start drinking and say the word, everybody just starts yelling out the word community. It's just a blast. You know, we have a great time. Brandon, did you say what, what it is that you're looking forward to? I didn't quite hear you. I did say community. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. No, well also, yeah, it's, it's just great building relationships with other detailers. And I don't think people realize whether they're across the country or not. I still talk to detailers I met in situations like this and we can really help each other out. It works out great. And then also the training day I'm really looking forward to as well. Oh, like education? Yes. Okay. What class are you going to go to? I have so much highlighted. I really got to figure it out. There's quite a few. Uh, the glass polishing, glass repair, the boat detailing, um, marketing. Your class, Marty, I would love to watch that. How to make a million dollar uh, distributing company. Yeah, going to be a good one. Definitely. Excited. I think the boat one's going to be great too. Anything, anytime Mike Phillips gets around Mike Phillips too. Can, and can educate people, you know, that's what we had said uh, last year when the debacle happened and the great pullout started. Um, once the great pullout started, boy, that's what we specifically constantly harped on was how many detailers missed out on learning from Mike Phillips doing boat detailing. I think Mike Phillips makes it hard because my sheet's out on the table. If you look at it, it's hard because almost every Mike Phillips class is highlighted. So I don't know how I'm going to make it to everything else. <laughs> yeah, he has his, he doesn't stop. He starts in the morning and just keeps going all the way down. Yeah. 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 That's cool. John, what about you coming over from Phoenix all the way, man? Thankful, thankful you're here. What I, think, I think the biggest thing that really my takeaway is, is being part of something that feels whole. Um, when I got into this detailing world by myself, uh, it was like a black hole. And I think that 
uh, working with so much of these guys with different knowledge base has helped me adapt into better myself as a person, but also better myself as a business. Um, and this is my first year. And so I'm really excited about taking it to really absorbing the knowledge, because if you can take the knowledge from somebody, whether it's been five years in or five days in, it's all about perspective. And I'm coming in with the perspective of this is a learning lesson in every single way, because everybody has a different walk of life. And just being here has taught me that, that it's not about me. It really is about the community. Oh, God. <laughs> John, I was going to ask you. I would drink to that, but I'm stuffing my face full of what salmon. What would you call that? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm not a beer, technically. No, <laughs> I couldn't wait. I had to eat something. Uh, Lucas, man, it's, it's great to meet you earlier, man. Thanks for coming out. Uh, appreciate Absolutely. you being a part of the community. At any time. Definitely, man. Uh, what are you sipping on? Oh, uh, you'll never believe it. It's another Corona. That's that's the beer you picked out. Mm-hmm. Why'd you come to Mobile Tech, man? Well, uh, pretty much the same reason John said. You know, I'm flying solo, running my own shop. It's nice to be able to talk to other guys and spitball ideas back and forth. And uh, I've, I've already learned so much tonight. Just talking with all the guys about stuff that I've never used or stuff that they've never used and just seeing what we like about different stuff, processes, techniques. And then I'm excited to go to all kinds of classes tomorrow and uh, really excited to hang out with everyone, drink a bunch of beer and yeah, be in the warmth for a few days. <laughs> what was the temperature like you said back home? Uh, it was three degrees when I woke up. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Dustin, what was it uh, up in your neck of woods when you left? Nine degrees. Well, I guess Lucas got you beat by six. So. <laughs> a little bit. Either way, it's chilly. <laughs> yeah, either way, it's cold, huh? That's it. Dustin, what are you sipping on tonight? Uh, you already asked me that. Um, I'm out of Corona. I'm, I'm fresh out. So too much, I'm, too much uh, of the C word. I'm cooking. I'm I'm trying to jump around. So you're right. My my fault. My fault. <laughs> but I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. I think Cody's over there. Cody, looks like you're sipping on something that you grabbed from. So the cool thing is we rented this Airbnb. We're directly across from uh, Rosen Shingle Creek, and inside of this little I don't know what do we call this a community. <laughs> Inside so this little community that they have, you know, they've got a bunch of these here in, in Florida, these gated little, hey, communities. And uh, we like to rent Airbnbs at these places. And you found, uh, you found quite a few little beers over at this little bar that we hopped into and we were just drinking, drinking and hanging out. What beer did you get? What are you sipping on? Oh, what am I sipping on? So uh, this is turn the camera around here this is a pils pilsner um brewed by edmunds coast or edmunds oast brewing co uh this is just what i found over there got like three more different beers but right here we're 
planning out the the mobile tech uh, training day tomorrow, figuring out what we're going to utilize most and sipping on a good beer for a little behind the scenes for everyone. Marty's over there cooking it up. Hey, community, <laughs> let's go. But no, I'm excited. I'm Jack. This is my first ever uh, mobile tech expo, and I couldn't be more pumped. This has been like a full week of just training and knowledge. It's so awesome getting around other detailers and just talking about industry stuff. You don't get this when you're back home and doing your day-to-day just things. So I'm just looking forward to more of that and meeting industry experts and leaders, uh, people that you watch online and think like these people are like celebrities, but in reality, they're really just real people. So uh, meeting those people is what I'm I'm looking forward to and just sucking sucking out as much knowledge as I can. Um, and of course, drinking many more delicious beers with this community. Community. All right, so I'm excited. I see uh, Mario's in tonight. Mario, uh, glad you hopped in, man. How's your week going? Hey, everyone. There you <laughs> yeah, are. Here. Hey, Mario. Yeah, uh, uh, nice. Everything's good. I was planning to go there, guys, but uh, yeah, just it was like a last-minute planning. I couldn't make it, but next year, for sure, I'll, I'll be there. Oh, sweet, man. Excited, then. Next year. Uh, looks like you're out in the field, you know, enjoying some nice weather over there. You got sunshine <laughs> and the clouds and no, hanging out in the grass, are you? <laughs> I'm at home, but it's a mess here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the filters, right? The little background filters. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, so Mario, we're going to ask this question tomorrow. Well, sorry, we're going to ask this question on Friday, and then Saturday is sort of the question we're going to constantly ask everybody that comes up to the booth and comes up to the stage and records episodes. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. Um, where do you see ceramic coatings going in the future? And that's a very open-ended question. I mean, it's it's from sprays to graphene to, you know, is it going to go down into the, the, the lower years? Is it going to stretch up higher and go beyond lifetime? You know, do ceramic coatings disappear? You know, what are, what are your thoughts? Where do ceramic coatings go over the next couple of years? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's a good question. Uh, well, I, I think that ceramic coatings, it's like a, like a word uh, to describe uh, all the protection that you can apply on a, on a car. Even when you work with the graphene, uh, I mean, people, the, the words like a ceramic coatings is like a, the popular when you're talking about uh, uh, coatings. And uh, basically coatings, uh, they're gonna vary because of, you know, so how many companies they're, you know, trying to get into the market. So I seen that, uh, I will, for, for, from my part, uh, I think that I will work with graphene because it I, it seems that it works better than ceramics. Uh, and uh, I think that everything is going to move forward to that side. I've seen uh, 
big companies as Adams uh, working that they develop the whole line of graphene, so sprays and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I've been listening to you and I think that you guys are right uh, when you guys talk about, you know, the 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 ceramic coatings board is gonna say you know you, you don't need to offer a customer like a five-year coating because they're not gonna keep the car that long so it's gonna be easier to offer like a short-term coatings and i think that's that's smart to think and i think that's gonna be a a good market for for you for for you and for your customers. Um, that's pretty much all. Oh, man. Well, thanks for your insight. <clears throat> Cody, you've uh, you've been around a little bit. You've actually gone through and done some training at some other places and looked around. I mean, what's, what's your thought process? Uh, do you do coatings now? So, yes, I do apply coatings now, and that's uh, what I'm trying to move my business into majority of the way. Cause I, we all know here that the margins are in coatings. Um, that's where you're going to make a lot of your money, but you're also going to help your customer at the, the end of the day. It is really the, the newest level of technology and, and paint protection aside from PPF, but both of those, that's a whole nother story. Both of those can go together great and pair, pair well with one another, but they do totally different things. Um, but as far as ceramic coatings go, I mean, uh, I'm all for them and I'm just trying to move uh, more into that industry to better help our customers with coatings because so many people don't know what a coating is. Uh, they really just know of traditional waxes or sealants and don't know that a coating can help protect their vehicle for years and years. So I feel that in my area, it's my job to educate people on, on such a service and product. Um, so I, I believe in them entirely um, as far as what Mario was saying about uh, graphene and stuff. I don't don't quite get on the whole graphene uh, bandwagon. I, I don't know too much about it, to be honest. And um, I have tried graphene infused coatings in the past, and I, I was not super impressed. But that could change in the future. I'm always open to uh, new new thought patterns or new products if they actually serve a purpose and are valuable. So uh, I guess that's where I'm at with ceramic coatings. I hope I answered the question adequately. I hope you answered the question adequately also. <laughs> uh, you know, it's your own opinion. So I, I think it's a great opinion. I, I really want to ask, you know, kind of a, a back to you type of question though. On this, we can toss this around to anybody. Uh, Lucas, I'd like your opinion too. If we say that ceramic coatings are the best for customers and we want the best for the customers, but yet average customer doesn't keep their car beyond three years, then is the best for the customers a lifetime code? I'll, I'll hit on that. I guess... I don't know. I, I don't think it has to necessarily be that for even a, say, a ceramic coating for the entire life of the customer ownership. Like one of the great things that I like to 
position for my sales and things like that for coatings is that if you get a ceramic coating and say maybe you go with a five-year coating or or even a three-year coating and and are going to get rid of your car uh, before that time comes like a lot of good coating manufacturers are warrantied and um, things are able to be tracked whether that's carfax or by the the coating supplier themselves like if it's maintained properly and actually done well a coating can in my eyes increase the value of a vehicle because it's uh i mean really just whoever's getting it knows that it's protected and been taken care of properly so in my eyes that's a big selling point i don't think it necessarily needs to be um just for the life of customer ownership and that's a lot of what i tell customers when they're saying oh i may only own the vehicle for three years so let's just do a three-year coding i'm always going to push for say a five-year because in reality they're going to get likely more resale value or um, just more money for their vehicle when it comes time to either sell it private party or trade it into a dealership in my eyes that's it's, and that's a it's a common i think theory that listen i i feel pretty dominant that brands have been pushing that exact same theory multiple brands down on to people and listen carfax it sounds like a really great thing doesn't it like when I heard and there's brands that started putting out, oh, yeah, you know, your coding goes onto a Carfax. It sounds really cool, doesn't it? Like it makes it sound like it's going to increase the resale value. It sounds really great. But any of us that has bought cars, I mean, does that, does that really play into effect? When somebody goes and we've got a customer that's going to trade in their car to the dealership, when is a dealership gone? Well, what's the Carfax look like? Oh, you got a ceramic coating. You get an extra X amount of dollars. It sounds great. And I don't, I'm not, right. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, raining on your parade, so to speak. I'm just tossing back this idea. It all sounds great in theory, but in practicality, when have we ever seen a customer get an exorbitant amount of money on their trade-in because on the Carfax, it lists somebody's ceramic coating brand. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. the first, hold on. There's the first question. The second question is then when that second customer gets the car, how the fuck do they know what they're supposed to do? There's nothing that gets got brought back to that second owner that tells them how they're supposed to maintain their car. And if that first customer went through the car wash, if that dealership then gets the trade in and runs it through the car wash, if that second customer gets their car and a couple of days later it gets rain and they run it through the car wash, according to most of those ceramic coating companies that say, quote unquote, put it on the Carfax and it's so amazing, according to them, in their warranty, it goes void. So I'm very curious how they say that it adds value to the car when the warranty goes away if somebody doesn't wash it by hand and runs it through an automatic wash, which we all want to say that, you know, most people are going to come to a detailer and that's why, right? That's why we push for people to come to detail shops. But 
what's the majority of the industry going? The majority of the industry doesn't come to detailers to wash their car on a regular basis because the majority of detailers don't want to do car washes. So then the customer has to go through a car wash and then it voids their warranty. But, oh, hey, by the way, you should spend three grand on your, your coating because it gets on a Carfax. Oh, shit, you went through a car wash. Don't worry about that three grand. It doesn't mean shit. Like, that's, that's the ultimate, like, to me, <laughs> that's the ultimate what the fuck moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, I totally get that. I think Carfax reporting is more of a selling point to a potential buyer. But um, as far as the resale goes with a second owner, like, I mean, if the, the seller makes that aware to the person, like, hey, you got to do this, this, and this, whether they do that or not, that's up to them. But at the end of the day, whether they mention any of that, like a ceramic coating is going to make a car look that much better if it's maintained properly whether that's to a private party or a dealership. And I, I've heard time and time again where dealerships value a car at so much less when it needs like considerable detail work um, that may end up falling more towards the interior, but uh, exterior matters too. Like the exterior looks extremely well and they know they don't have to do a lot. I've heard of many people getting more money for their trade-ins, um, but no, I totally respect all the questions you're asking and how, how valid they are. Uh, I'm going to bust in one more time because you, I, you're saying you're here of people, right? Like, is that from brands and people that have been saying it or other detailers that randomly say it? Like when you say that you've heard of people getting their car valued at more for, you know, having it clean when I've traded in cars or I've, I've moved around cars, you know, I, I'll generally always clean it up and go put it back in, but I've never had somebody tell me they give me 500 extra dollars because it looks clean. No, that's, that's a great point. I've actually heard from customers specifically. And I had one customer in particular that said she used to work for an insurance company. And for instance, if you totaled your car and they came to appraise it for insurance value and they looked into the interior and saw maybe stains on the seat or something such as that, uh, that it was filthy. They're going to actually devalue your car. Not that a ceramic coating would factor into maybe okay, a bingo bingo. So that was interior that what had nothing to do with the, the exterior of the vehicle, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I'm just saying like, I just, we hear these things that go around and one of the episodes that we're going to do, actually on Friday is it's an episode called Myth Mythbusters and Ian from auto fiber and Chris from uh, detailers roadmap will be on and we're going to dissect myths that are going on in the industry. And that would be a really fun one to dissect is this myth that because you, you charge this customer an exorbitant amount of money, you tell them they have to have this thing and they're going to trade their car in though in a couple of years. And Hey, you got this lifetime coding. And it just gets passed on through this Carfax, like they actually make their money back. Like that's a, that's a massive myth. So cool, man. I, that's a, that's good. Uh, that's good talk. Let's hop out to Lucas. Lucas, what, uh, what's your thoughts on all this? You, you know, is, is, um, uh, uh, before I get into the, my thoughts on this lifetime coding thing and the Carfax and all that, I want to go back to, one thing that Cody said where uh, he said everyone knows margins are better on ceramic coatings than on interiors. Um, I, I can see how someone thinks that 
but I make sure that my margins are the same, whether I'm doing an interior or I'm doing full paint correction and the biggest coating I got. And I don't always hit it. Obviously things are going to happen. Uh, but with both, I've lost more money on ceramic coatings sometimes just taking too much time because I polish too much and then there's interiors where it takes me hour and a half and I can charge 300 bucks because that's what we agreed on. And uh, just yesterday, I knocked out three of my top interior package and I made 900 bucks yesterday. And that's, I'd say that's about what I could charge for a one day, you know, that's about the same that I charge for a polish and a one step and three year coating. And so I, I try to, you know, price it and be able to grab business to where I can offer a great level of service, but still make the same margins because I was, I was doing it where I was doing $150 interiors and taking all day to do it. And then uh, I could knock out a thousand dollar ceramic coating in the same day. And I was like, I was talking to my mentor and he's like, why, why can't you charge enough to make the same with, with whatever you're doing? And I started slowly implementing that. And it's, it's not exactly, you know, a 50, 50 things happen. Business isn't, business isn't a science to where you can make the same, especially in a service industry, because no car is messed equally, but I, I, I've definitely closed in on those margins to where I know I make more or less within a few dollars, the same on interiors and with ceramic coating packages. Um, and then for lifetime coatings and stuff, um, I do offer, uh, the coating company that I, I use, I do have, I have a, a two to three year, a six year, and then uh, a lifetime. And I don't sell it myself as a lifetime. Um, I don't, I, I, I make sure every customer is, it, it's all about asking questions. I offer those three levels because I have customers that'll come to me and ask me and say, Hey, I want something that's, you know, I don't care what it costs. I want the 10 year I saw this online I want a 25 year I want this and I, I no matter what anyone can say to them they have it in their heads that they they've seen this online or they've heard this from their buddy they want to spend the money and I'll tell them everything that I know is true I'll never lie to a customer and explain to them uh, the benefits and drawbacks of that and make sure uh, you know you want to ask questions you want to if someone's leasing a car there's no way I'm going to tell you that I'm going to upsell you on a lifetime coating when I could, you know, if you're looking for a coating and you're going to have to return your car to the dealership in two years, why, why would I want to sell you something you're going to be mad at me for selling you if you're going to return it in two years? I want to, you know, ask questions. How long do you plan to keep this? How do you take care of it? Do you go through tunnel washes? Because, you know, it's, it's not, a ceramic coating is not for everyone. There, the vast majority of the general public has, has no need or use to want to be, spend that amount of money. And I, you know, if so, I ask everyone, if they're planning to keep their car for many, many years, I'm going to say, okay, well, uh, then uh, if you want to keep your car for a while and you like to take care of yourself, then this might be the route you want to go because it's going to be, um, it's going I think you will really enjoy it. And I, I always tell everybody, if you don't, if the first time you wash your car, you are not satisfied in any way, bring it back and I'll, 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 I'll give you every penny that you paid me back and i have yet to have that happen everyone's been super happy with it that i've asked questions to made sure they wanted it um 
it's 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 weird the the selling process for a coating is is different than an interior because i have you'll have people call you eight times a day just wanting their interior clean but people don't know what it is they see ads of different coating companies advertising it's going to protect against rock chips and all kinds of stuff that they don't do so education is most important when you're talking about coatings but also uh to the point of the carfax reporting for the warranty coatings I don't really lean into the warranty too much more than uh, I, I tell them, if you take care of this yourself, uh, that's great. I want you to, to do that. Uh, if you want to maintain your warranty compliance, you know, come see me. And I don't charge a lot for the for the the maintenance detail. And it's a good way to keep customers coming back. Um, but the main point with the Carfax reporting is that uh, it does report to Carfax and then uh, it's a permanent bond to your car. It's not, it's not like uh, you're putting a wax on it. A wax isn't going isn't, is to wash off. A coating is a permanent application to a vehicle that's going to stay with it for you know, X number of years, depending on all the factors we all know about. Um, and it, it, if for some reason you're in an accident or your vehicle needs to be repaired or replaced, an insurance company, if it's on the Carfax, and even Dustin said, in some cases, if you can prove, like with receipts, uh, insurance companies will cover reapplication of a ceramic coating. Yeah, yeah. Good man. I like that. All right. I want to hop over and ask Brandon because, you know, Brandon, you're inside of a lot of dealerships. And then we've got Nick who works at a dealership. So it's been brought up that, you know, when people come in and trade in their cars, Brandon, do you have any, any basis or any knowledge of you know, if somebody has a lifetime coating on their car and they've got this Carfax thing, like, oh, is yes. that a thing at dealerships? Does it, does it, does it matter? Can, can I be honest? No, I want you to lie. No. Okay. Well, they love it. They will give you $5,000 extra. I can't hear you. You got to come. Oh, closer. I said, well, if I get a lie, they love it. And they'll give you $10,000 extra. Um, but to be completely honest, they don't give a shit. Um, the word ceramic has been marketed so hard that even your customers don't really value it. So actually putting it on a car is not going to add value to the customer. It's going to, because it's going to stay clean longer. If they got a good coating and a good detailer, it's going to provide the customer value. But as far as adding value to the car itself, no, it does not. It's almost like the word I mean, ceramic but is... Okay, you say that, but listen, in, in Cody's defense and what he was saying, like he's he's been told this, right? There's detailers that are out there being told this. There's people that will say there's data, right? Like, but then you're saying no. So no. What why? So, I mean So to explain it, when you trade your car in, the manager is gonna go to Black Book, they're gonna look at what they're doing at the auction. They're not gonna care about anything that's on the car. Even if you detail it before bringing it in, especially nowadays, they don't care. They're just looking at the values, what it's going for, and they're going to try to make money off it. Yeah. But you say they don't care, but if they have to run it back through detail, it, mm -hmm. it, it gets added to their cost. So why don't they care? Because when they run it back through detail, whether it's coded or not, they're going to do the same procedure. I've had customers' cars that I coded. They traded it in. It always looked pristine. 
Then it goes to the detailer. Recon throws a coat of wax on it, which we should not do. <laughs> and it, the coating's gone. It's not gone, but essentially it's not doing what it's supposed to because it's covered in wax. And so everybody understands the network inside of dealerships. You trade in a car to the used car department. The service side of the dealership has almost in a sense like a the, the weird part about dealerships is each of the different entities inside of a dealership almost actually compete against each other, which is mm -hmm. really strange. Like, but the service side almost has agreements that when a car gets traded in, it's got to go through service, right? So if, if you, if you're going to get it, hold on. If you're going to get a car that is quote unquote certified, then the certified comes through, it runs through the service department where it goes to the tech and there's a tech that only does where he goes over and he only looks at, he doesn't do any of the, the actual fixing or, or all that other stuff. He just goes through and checks it, right? So when he checks the car, that's a quote unquote certification inside the dealership that it's a certified vehicle. And inside of the certified vehicle part for them to put that on the car when they resell it, it has to go through the detail side in most dealerships. So whether or not it got cleaned before, whether or not it's got a coating, it's gonna end up going through service and it's gonna end up going through the detail side. Well, so the what other we part end up solving by putting a lifetime coating on. I mean, it, it, it's going to always get hit by the same people. Does the Carfax matter? Well, the other the other part of it, too, Marty, is there's such a low margin on cars nowadays, especially new cars with dealerships. How do they make that back? They make that back with their F&I department. And what that means is after you buy a car. They're going to sell you, try to sell you rust proofing, paint protection, ceramic coatings, ceramic coatings. I'm saying quotations. It is a quote, right? It is a quote. Cause the funniest thing is from a Mercedes Porsche infinity dealership in Tulsa, Oklahoma, when they sell a ceramic coating, yep. it's a fucking wash. Yeah. It's, it's a chemical in a, in a foam cannon and a garden hose and they spray the fucking car and they yep. sell it as a ceramic coating yep. and the detailers yep. even know it. And the service manager knows it. The owner knows it. Everybody inside Marty. the dealership knows what they're doing. And Marty, Marty, they're putting that. And the thing is, I've seen some guys, they put that in the financing because I had a guy with a brand new GMC and that's what his ceramic coating was. And he didn't want me to coat the car because he already got it. He's already paid for it. It's financing. But that's what I mean. It's the F&I department and they have to yeah. sell those. It, they're not bad by doing this. They're just forced to because the manufacturers don't give them enough margin yeah. to make a living off. So they have to make it up with the F&I because it's such a short margin to make off by a car. So they will sell these. And just like you said, Marty, they will throw it in a foam cannon, spray it on the car, sell it as a ceramic coating. And that just brings me back to what I started saying initially, the word ceramic is used so much. It's a lot like we are staying in an Airbnb here, but imagine if this was called a resort and you pulled up, it's not a fucking resort. That's what's being used for marketing for the word ceramic. 
15. Hey, Dustin, you, you waved your hand, man. What's your thoughts? Yeah, so here's my thoughts on this. Uh, you know, dealing with a local dealership, uh, they have Simonized ceramic coatings. And uh, I know a few of the detailers that work in there and what they do. I asked them, I said, well, what's your process like? Uh, oh, we just bring it back here. We wash the vehicle. We wipe the product on. We wipe it off. I said, so do you guys do like an IPA wipe or anything like that? Uh, no, we just wipe it on and wipe it off. Um, you know, so basically they're selling a warranty. We all know that. Um, and that's that because at the end of the day, every single customer, they pay, you know, $800 a pot for that. And the, you know, 2% of the customers that make a warranty claim that their coating isn't holding up or whatever it be down the road, the dealership still made out on that, even if they have to, you know, pay out a couple bucks or, you know, re reapply the coating. Um, it's all warranty scam. Uh, it's unfortunate that it's become that way. I mean, the car wash next to my house, you know, they advertise $12 ceramic coating. <laughs> Let's be real here. Um, but, uh, so yeah, uh, long story short, uh, I, I don't see the benefit in Carfax, uh, reports. There are some, but is it, is it that necessary? No. Um, but at the end of the day, it's your business. It's your brand that backs that coating. Not the not the coating manufacturer. It's your brand. My brand is Quick Split. If a customer has a, an issue with a ceramic coating that I installed, I'm going to back that 100. Um, it, the main thing is is being truthful with your customers, uh, especially when it comes to lifespans and all that other good stuff. I don't really care about lifetime coatings. I'm not going to sell somebody a lifetime coating because two weeks in they're going to run through an automatic car wash. And I'm not going to know whether they ran through the car wash or not. So, uh, and of course they're not going to tell me that. Cool. All right, man. That's thank you for what's still your overall, let me ask you though, right. That was, that was your, that was your opinion on dealerships. The overall question though, like where, where ceramic coating is going. What's your opinion? Uh, I think it'll hang around for quite some time. Uh, I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon, especially within the next 10 years or so. Uh, I think PPF is going to make another big push. And, uh, but other than that, I think ceramics are here to stay and wax just going to become a thing of the past, which it already is. But um, ceramics will stay around for the next 10 to 20 years, I think. Okay. I agree. I mean, I don't think ceramics are going anywhere either, but I did have a guy the other day when I, I met somebody randomly just, you know, waiting in line. One of those people that just randomly wants to talk to you and ask you questions like, all right, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What do you do? Uh, I don't know. We sell car care products. What the fuck? Like, Oh, so you sell like Carnuba, like Carnuba waxes. And I looked at him like, no, I, Actually, I don't have any Carnuba wax that we sell. That was, that's so outdated. And I had to like educate this guy, but I didn't give a fuck. So I educated him just a moment because, you know, he's just one of those people that you just know you're like, eh, I'm good. You think ceramic actually will end up because that's been a thing which people say wax is dead, right? Like wax still hasn't died. Like, but do you, you think in theory in your lifetime, there'll be no more Carnuba waxes? 
Uh, yeah, I think eventually it'll go to that. It's going to take some time. Um, you know, you've got older guys that still come in and they ask for carnival wax. Um, but, you know, eventually it'll come down to wax is no longer a thing. It's not really asked for. It's rare that I have it asked for, but, uh, you know, I've got a bottle of Meguiar's 840 or Colonite 845 in my toolbox at the shop. If a uh, customer's dead set on that, I'll put it on. Uh, I've maybe done it four times last year, but it's there specifically for the customer that wants that. Uh, because at the end of the day, my job is to give them what they want. Um, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, protection, uh, wash clay and ceramic coat. If that's what the customer wants. I'm going to give it to them. Uh, same with that colonite wax. If that's what the old school guy wants uh, on his brand new vehicle. Heck yeah, man. Uh, I just want to make you happy and give you the best customer service possible. That's cool, man. I think that's definitely the best way to go. One of the questions we are going to ask, I have lined out in my episodes, uh, is, you know, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, there's this theory of know your worth, but then over the, the past generations, it's always been customer first. So how do we get in the industry where we go, know your worth as a detailer, I'm going to tell people what I'm going to charge them versus the industry where I'm at locally kind of determines that rate of what's best for the customer and what's the customer going to pay for. So I really like, I really like that you brought that up. All right. Cooking with Nick. Apologies, man. Tonight, I guess I should have let you cook tonight and I guess I should have cooked tomorrow night. Uh, no, I don't You know, but uh, traditionally, you know, when we come here on uh, mobile tech, I cooked the first night, made a little salmon Ooh. Uh, it should be kind of edible, you know, a couple of things, some cauliflower rice and asparagus, you know, hopefully everybody will be able to eat it. We're not sure, you know, fingers crossed. Uh, but so what's your thoughts, man? You're at Tesla. Uh, you know, do you, this is not even your own personal theories on it. I just want to ask as a, as somebody that works at Tesla, do you hear of cars getting valued differently not just in theory, but just have you ever heard of a car that got valued more because it had a ceramic coating and a Carfax on it? In terms of, of new vehicles and stuff like that, like from my, in, in, in a perspective of, of me as a Tesla employee working for Tesla as a, a preparation employee, no, I haven't really heard of it, including, you know, adding value to a vehicle, say they trade in a 2018 three with say 40,000 miles, am I going to see more value of it if it's ceramic coated or not? I highly doubt it if, if a vehicle like that because of one specific condition and that is that is not, is it is that it a 2018 three or whatever is not exactly a collector's vehicle. Is say you have a E46 M3, say a mid 2000s BMW M3 that is 50, 15,000 miles. And you have one that is ceramic coated and is notated in Carfax, documentable, provable, and one that is not. The one that is documented is probably going to bring you a little bit more value because that's going to show you that that vehicle is cared for a little bit better and has a little bit more love and attention to it. It's probably in a little bit better cosmetic condition. But in terms of a new vehicle, say like a, in this case, a, new, a newer Tesla, is it really going to make that much of a difference in, in trade-in value or resale value? 
I, I personally don't think so. But if you have a, a collector's vehicle and it is notated in something like Carfax or whatever, it could potentially bring you a better value in resale and or trade-in value. So kind of theory, right? Mm -hmm. In theory, it could, but actually working at a dealership, you've never heard it transpire into that. I have not seen it yet, specifically because I am not on the trade-in and operational side. I am on the vehicle preparation side. I prepare vehicles um, for delivery. I do not give people the trade-in value of their cars. That is a completely different role from what I do. But as of right now, three and a half years into my job, I have not personally seen a ceramic coating give value to a car now if if that car is obviously black and white in the pictures a much better condition than another car yeah it's going to get a little bit more value but black and white does a ceramic coat at coating add value right now i couldn't say that it does cool man i appreciate your openness uh cody now that you've you've kind of heard some people talk back and forth, I'm just curious, you know, what what are your thoughts? You know, like, um... yeah, for sure. I don't know. I mean, thinking about what everyone's saying, I mean, a lot of it is just at the end of the day, thinking about my process and stuff is sales, uh, sales to the customer. I mean, at the end of the day, that that looks appealing and sounds appealing to a customer. Um, and I'm all about being honest, but I'm just here to tell them what, what things are going to do for them. Um, but I don't know. I, I would love more clarification on, on the dealership side of things, whether a ceramic coating is actually going to, going to benefit a customer that's trading in their vehicle. Uh, from from both sides, because I'm just talking from a detailer's perspective, but if someone from a say dealership could could tell me, hey, this is or isn't gonna increase the value of a vehicle, like that would give me more clarification on it. But I'm just speaking on what what I've done thus far and what I know up to this point. So that's kind of where I'm at with things. It's a journey, right? Like. Wait, that's the point of the community pub. Hey, community. Like, we like to have open dialogue, right? We, we like to take theories and begin to toss them around and dissect them and see eventually if we can get to an idea that we can all say, this is how I want to implement it into my business. So people inside a community, hey, you want to you wanna do a, you know, a Carfax type plan, then cool. Like, that's your choice. There, there's no right or wrongs, guys. Like there, there really isn't. We just take ideas, we dissect them, we break them down, and we let everybody make their own opinions on how they want to run their business. We're entrepreneurs. You know, we, we get to make our own decisions. This isn't a group where there's a dictator that tells people they have to do shit. That does happen in the industry. That's not this. This is open dialogue where we get to dissect and talk through things. And you know what? Have some really great beer, no doubt about that. I like cold beer. Mario, are you having anything to drink tonight? Or uh, this IPA 
<laughs> it's um, the Goose Island with the. Ooh, I like Goose um, Island. Uh, I think Grace it's Chicago, Island. right? Goose Island's out of Chicago, isn't it? Let me see. Yep, Chicago. Yep, Chicago is the uh, grapefruity flavor. <laughs> Yummy. Great idea. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of it? What do you do you like it? Is it? Yeah, I love I love IPAs in general, the fruity ones. Yeah. You know, some Mario, I think I like your style. That's what this is. It's an IPA, but it's a little fruity. It's got a good flavor to it. And we had an IPA earlier, John. What were your thoughts on it? Because we both we enjoyed like that first pint. But John, you grabbed this pint like I did, and we we only drank one. That's kind of interesting because we liked it. But how often do you drink a beer that you like and go, "Yeah, one's enough." Yeah, that that was that was good for me. It had it had a little bit of it was it was a good beer, but it had a little bite to it, and where I'm like, "Yeah." I'm one of those with uh, with beers that if it doesn't start off and end smooth, uh, I, I won't return. But I will always, always try multiple beers, uh, oh you know, especially in the community. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good beer. All right, guys. Well, I, great discussion. Speaking of beer, I need to get another beer. I don't want the food to get cold. I'm trying to keep it over here on a low temp, trying to keep it nice and warm. So, hey, listen, I, I'm excited yeah, just man. as you guys are to be here after two years and not being around everybody already as I went over to Erosion Single Creek earlier. Listen, every single person that I run into, it's always handshake and a hug. I don't know why everybody, but it's that like bro hug where it's like, oh, man, it's just good to see you. Like that seems to be the vibe. Like Levi from the rack company saw him earlier. Hey, Levi. He's like, Hey, what's up, man? Handshake straight in. want a full embrace hug. And it's like, Levi, I mean, we've, we've kind of like hung out a little bit at some, you know, some mobile tech things and done some like, but it was just kind of like, Oh, interesting. You know? All right, man. Yeah. How are you? Good. Good to see you too, bro. It just seems to be that's the way everybody is right now. It's everybody is so excited inside that is here in Orlando at Mobile Tech. I think there's, <laughs> I think the vibe over the next couple of days is going to be really weird to see a bunch of dudes hugging. I think there's going to be dudes hugging in the hall all the way through, which is odd. Personal opinion, personal opinion, but guys, thanks so much for being here. Uh, Let's get over here and eat this salmon before it gets too cold. We've got uh, some cauliflower rice, and we've got asparagus. For those of you that don't like that good stuff, don't worry about it. We'll eat it all, and we'll drink some good beer. So, guys, thanks so much for hopping on. Mario, man, good to see you. Uh, it looks like you're enjoying that beautiful grass and sunshiny, cloudy day. So, man, uh, keep enjoying that, bro. We're thanks, guys. Have a great night. Morning.